Welcome to episode 56 of the Coaching the Whole Educator podcast. Now, this is a very special episode. We had the pure honor of interviewing the Department of Education of Mississippi, the folks that that have been making national news for their reading growth scores. And we had a blast chatting and they shared all of the things that they have been doing over the last few years to cause incredible growth within their reading scores. They've had so much success that over 30 states have invited them to share about what they have done. And a lot of their success has to do with their coaching model. So stay tuned. This is a bit of a longer episode. So if you've been regularly listening to episodes, you're used to them being about 50 to 20 minutes long. This is closer to an hour. So you may need to break this up into smaller chunks if you um, have only shorter amounts of time. But I really want to encourage you, listen to the whole thing. There are gems sprinkled throughout this episode. See you soon. Welcome to Coaching the Whole Educator, the podcast that helps instructional coaches, teacher leaders, and school leaders. I'm Becca, former educator and school coach turned transformational coach of coaches. I'm on a mission to help you improve your educators' effectiveness and resilience, especially the ones who need it most. Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and coaching mindsets so that you can be on top of your coaching game. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, 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 coaches and leaders. I am so, 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 so excited to have two incredible statewide leaders on with me. I have Jill Hoda and Kelly Crane on. They are assistant state literacy coordinators across the state of Mississippi. And um, we are going to talk about the incredible gains they have made recently with their reading scores. They've been kind of touring across the United States, sharing with other states about what they've done. And a huge part of their success has been coaching. So I brought them on today to share about what they've done to create this incredible growth within their state. Before I do, though, I want them to share exactly what they do for the state of Mississippi. Hi, Becca. Thank you so much for inviting us. We're so excited to be here. Uh, So what Jill and I do is we serve and uh, across the state of Mississippi, one of the things that we do is we supervise our literacy coaches who go into the schools two to three days a week and provide coaching support to their teachers. Um, Our literacy coaches also have regional coordinators. And so we each have a group of regional coordinators and coaches. Under us, Jill serves the central and south part of the state, and I serve the central north part of the state. Um, And then another part of that, our responsibility is providing statewide professional development. We organize and provide statewide professional development across the state and content areas uh, through literacy. Yes, I love that. And recently, I had the pure pleasure of working with your regional coordinators. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but they are an absolute gem of a group. Um, So I want to jump right in here. My first question is, what what growth, right? We talked about like Mississippi has has grown and I'm sure some of the listeners have seen, I know Mississippi has shown up on my like personal, like New York Times feed. <laughs> you have made national news with your growth. So what growth has Mississippi shown over the last few years? 
Okay, so the Literacy Based Promotion Act was put into place in 2013. And so in 2013, Mississippi was 50th among the nation in our fourth grade reading national ranking for our NAEP scores. And so within the last 13 years, our most recent data has come out for 2022 and Mississippi now ranks 21st in the nation. So that is something that we are extremely proud of. Uh, a lot of hard work has gone into that um, and by lots of people across the state. And another piece of data that, we like, that we're proud of is our third grade assessment. Um, and so part of that law is that our third graders at the end of the year take an assessment and it's a promotion um, assessment. So they have to pass the assessment to be promoted to fourth grade. And so in 2019 pre-pandemic, our initial pass rate for the state was 74.5%. And so we actually this year exceeded pre-pandemic percentages and we actually reached 76 percent on the initial pass rate for our third grade assessment across the state and so we just attribute a lot of that to our coaching in schools as well as the policies that we put in place with the literacy-based promotion act we have accountability accountability as well as support to go along with the accountability that's that's like that's so amazing. Like what incredible growth, right? And surpassing, you know, we're, we're talking, you know, we're I'm still having these kind of like pandemic conversations. Like I was just with a group of teacher leaders recently, and they're like, you know, we just got out of the pandemic. Like it's it's still we haven't just it it was a little while ago, and it feels so recent for people still, right? And I think it's because the impact is still present for folks, right? It didn't just happen at this point, but the impact is still there. And you have, um, I wouldn't say recovered, you know, like we, we can't say we've completely recovered, but your scores, right? The reading capabilities have surpassed what was happening before the pandemic. Yes, that's true. And part of that is the work didn't stop for us through the pandemic. The work mm -hmm. shifted, it changed yes. what it looked like, but the work didn't stop. So we did our mm -hmm. very best to make sure that teaching and learning continued across the state. Um, just looked a little different for a little while. So yes, yes. No, I, I love that. So so you you mentioned your coaching model, right? Um, that it was a huge part of causing your growth. Um, can you describe what your coaching model is? We're going to interrupt this episode briefly with a word from our sponsor. Hey coaches, have you ever wished you could clone yourself to save time? If your answer is yes, the Sydney platform might be right up your alley. With my own work, I use the Sydney platform to connect with my coaches and leaders and stay organized when I'm not there. The app is super easy to use, and I love the video feature where teachers can film lessons and coaches and leaders can record video reflections. This app saves me a ton of time and is a game changer in terms of being able to truly connect to my people in between visits when I'm not there. I can even stay organized with the individualized resources section for each person I'm coaching all in one place. And I don't know about you, but I like to try something before I buy it. Because of that, I've gotten Sydney to let you try the platform for free first to see if it's actually a good fit. If you're interested, go to sydney.com front slash TWE to check it out and claim your free coaching package. That's sibme.com forward slash TWE or click the link in the show notes. 
So Kelly mentioned the LBPA, which is the Literacy-Based Promotion Act that was passed in 2013. Um, there were key legislation pieces of um, that act that we really founded our coaching model upon. Not only did we have the coaching model, but we also added early learning collaboratives. Um, we added a suite of assessments statewide. But what Kelly mentioned was our coaching model. And the way our coaching model was set up in 2013 is we had an higher, a hierarchy of um, coaches, coaches of coaches, if you will, Becca. So we have our state literacy director, and then we have Kelly and my position as assistant state literacy coordinators, the regional coordinators, and the coaches. And when we started, the governor really had in mind that he wanted, Governor Bryant was the governor then, and he wanted to hire 75 coaches across the state. That was his goal. And I believe that they went through about 600 applications in 2013. And at that time, 29 people were hired. And since then, we have risen pre-pandemic to the 80s. And this year, we are going strong with four, about 45 coaches in schools. Um, so we're able to serve about 70-ish districts in the state of Mississippi, which is amazing. So when we adopted this coaching model, it was very protected. When we trained our coaches, we made sure that not only they were aware, but we made sure that superintendents and other administrators were aware that our coaches were not administrators. Our coaches were not lead teachers. Our coaches are instructional coaches, which means they don't have a walkie-talkie, they don't run bus duty, they don't sub in classrooms, they really build teacher capacity. We are a non-evaluative arm of the department. We are a supportive arm of the department. So our challenge was to build teacher capacity across the state, which we've done with statewide professional development, as well as build teacher capacity within the classroom through modeling, co-teaching, planning, making sure that teachers have the materials that they need. Um, and so our coach model was very protected and we really work on just enhancing and refining instruction across the state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love this. And I, I really want to highlight, this is such an incredible, I've never heard of law protecting the, the coaches, right? And, and it's not enough for us to hire coaches. It's not enough. And even train them. It's not enough. We need to protect. And that's what you've done. And that has been a, you really attribute a lot of your growth to, I just want everyone to hear this, a lot of your growth to not only creating and training your coaches, but protecting them from other duties as assigned. I love what you, you told me this before. You said, we don't give them walkie talkies. That really stuck in my, I feel like that could be a little standalone quote. We don't give them walkie or they're not allowed to have walkie talkies. Right. Right. It's not even a choice. It's like legally, you're actually not allowed to do that. Um, a, a law that protects, just like creates and protects the coaches. And another thing I do want to highlight is you, you really value quality over quantity. You really closely look at every single person that you hire as a regional coordinator to coach the coaches or the literacy coaches working with teachers, right? Right. So Jill and I have said this 
to so many people, we, and we said this yesterday directly to our regional coordinators when we have monthly meetings with them, we put our people up against anybody. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they come in with a wealth of knowledge, but part of that is not only are we training teachers across the state, but we are continuously training our coaches and mm-hmm. having our own professional learning on a monthly basis, not only within content of literacy, but also with coaching in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have all the content and knowledge in the world, but if you don't have that coach training and the skills to build rapport and buy-in with your teachers and administrators on your campuses, then you're not able to effectively transfer your knowledge in, in the content areas for your teachers to transfer into practice. You know, Becca, when we started, we started with a professional development that was titled the ABCs of coaching. And that's how we started. And we have expanded that even into just as recent as this year, training school-based coaches that do not work for the department under our coach model. And so we have two fabulous regional coordinators who are leading a course on what coaching should look like school-wide as as a school-based coach. And and we plan to just increase the amount of people that we are able to train as instructional leaders. We also bring in strong instructional and leadership um, coaches to train our, our regional coordinators, which you mentioned earlier that you had the opportunity to spend several days with us um, to train our regional co- coordinators on reflective listening, among many other things. And so we are continuously building coach capacity to make sure that we're not losing the support role and moving into the evaluative role. We want to, to continue to build our support role as coaches across the state. One of the things I love that you've done with your regional coordinators is really empowered them to empower each other, essentially. So you, I love this, that everyone, every one of the regional coordinators uh, has their own specific, what do you call it? Like a side? Special project. Special project. I was going to call a side hustle. It's not a side hustle. (laughs) (laughs) It could Uh, be called that. They might agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, their, their special project. And so it, it it it's not only like, oh, we're on the same team. It's like we are an important puzzle of this team. Like without my piece, our team literally does not work as well. And it, it goes back to like hiring, like your hiring practices, right? Like you hired very clearly growth minded folks. When I was working with them, 100% engagement. And it was because of who they are, right? And it was no one that was like checked out or resisting. It was like, we are all in this together. And um, back to their their special projects, two of them, their special project, they worked together to create this academy, right? To run this academy for new coaches or is it for all the coaches? That's the school-based coach academy that I was just referencing. That's a very new special project. Those two are taking the coaching model that we trained our coaches with, and they are um, in. It's an application process, so district superintendents must sign off on school-based coaches attending the academy. And when they finish the academy, they will receive a certificate of completion from the Department of Ed as being trained as a literacy coach. Um, And so that special project is our newest of many. And we have 
so many special projects that we could spend another hour talking about those. Many of those special projects can be found on our literacy website in a document that is titled Leading in Literacy. So the special projects that we've mentioned are highlighted within that document. Oh, I love that. I love that you guys have that for other folks to use. And it's it's such a beautiful structure. And you can tell just, just sharing with the listeners, like me, me as an outsider being in the room, I think sometimes it's a different experience when you're the creator and you're in it every day versus um, yeah, I'm not in this, I'm entering this culture that you've created. Um listening to everyone introduce their special project. First of all, they are they're proud of their project and every regional coordinator got a project that it matches their strong suits. So some folks are data people, you know, like you go ahead and run with that data. Some are more creative, some are more people uh, facing, right? Some are, you know, and, and it is, um, it's such a, a beautiful structure to have across an entire state of, of, of leaders, like, creating a complete puzzle starting from the top down. It ranges from relationships and hospitality to high quality instructional material organization to we have some regional coordinators who are specifically in charge of professional development for our new coaches each year and making sure that they have the support that they need as a new coach. Who's talking to other states. We have someone who is responsible for sharing our resources and telling other states, use what we've already created and put your name on it. We want to share. Yes. A broad range of special Mm -hmm. projects. So, Mm -hmm. and the other piece to that is our leadership team Mm -hmm. functions as a team because of that. Because each person is a part of the puzzle and responsible for a large piece of coaching or um, literacy initiative that is being put into action across the state. And so without each one of those pieces, the coaching model doesn't work. And Mm -hmm. so those strengths make up our one collective team that is effective. I love this. I want to say this. I actually don't get to say this very often. Um, in my mind, this is like a Becca mind model. I I think of buy-in as the lowest rung um, of of what we need to do when when a decision's made and we're asking people to do that. We want to at least build buy-in, and then the step above that, I think of engagement. Like I've engaged them right into what what we're doing here, and then there's ownership. And I hear ownership, like the leadership of of literacy across the state of Mississippi. And I'm always like, start from the top, start from the top, start from the top. If we start being asking for compliance from the top down, we're just going to get compliance, right? Mm -hmm. And and that is not what's happening here, that that the the literacy leadership across the state of Mississippi own, own what's happening here. Yes, we are very intentional with... Um, every decision that we make, uh, <laughs> Kelly and I both have been with the department for 10 years. Um, and so we were ground level from the beginning and we have learned the importance of um, making sure that our regional coordinators have tasks that they can feel that they own that task. Um, you know, I think that one of the attributes of a good leader is being able to delegate in the right um, form and making sure that you're putting your aces in your in their places, if you will. And so creating a team like that helps make 
um, our job. Right. Absolutely. Much easier to do on a daily basis. Yes. It shows value because we truly value each person for Mm -hmm. their individual strengths. Mm -hmm. And so we hope and we they do, but we hope that that's what they feel from us all the time is how valued Mm -hmm. they are. Because, like I said, without that piece, Mm -hmm. we are so appreciative of the work that our regional coordinators and our literacy coaches do. We cannot say enough about the changes that they have helped implement in the state of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, um, as, as an outsider, you know, it's, it's funny because sometimes leaders will say to me, Oh yeah, my, my teachers feel valued. And I'm like, do they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> Talk to her on your school. <laughs> do they? Uh, and I, I can vouch that, that they do. Right. Like I, I was there, I witnessed it and there was, there's this magical moment and I don't know if it was a big deal to you at all. Um, so, something happened and some extra work needed to be done. And you, you made an announcement. You said, Hey y'all listen, this thing happened and we're, we're, um, some changes are going to need to, are, are going to be happening. And, uh, it just you know, informing them. Right. And, and everyone knew that that meant they, there would be more work on their plates. And like literally a couple of them just said, okay, let us know what we need to do. How can we help? They, they just voluntarily said that I'm getting chills. Just thinking about that moment. And I don't know if that's like kind of a normal moment for you, but that is not a normal interaction that I see in leadership rooms. Hey, we appreciate hearing that. And I don't know if I can interject here, but same thing happened yesterday. That, that, (laughs) that, hey, we need to make a shift or being flexible. Mm -hmm. Joked yesterday. um, I said, need not apply to this team if you do not have flexibility in your bones, because that's Mm -hmm. the name of the game in education sometimes. Yeah. And I, I want to highlight a couple qualities that I feel like we've been talking around that that are so present in your coaches. So like there's the the content knowledge, right? And I think sometimes we we I, I meet coaches that have this high level of content knowledge, but make like a low emotional intelligence. And I I there's a couple things we've been talking a lot about. One is being growth minded coach, a leader that is growth minded, committed to growth, ongoing growth, right? Not and not that expert mind, like I know the thing that I know, and I'm just going to like tell everyone about it. Right. And Absolutely. then also flexibility, like adaptability, like a willingness to be flexible. So that means sometimes we have to give up control over what we think is going to happen. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Like, You're right. Um, so one of the big pieces that we have used is we have done coach training in the heart of coaching. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. our basis that we had started in 2013 and we still hold true to that. Um, and then also Enneagram. The Enneagram. Yes, we yes. did some Enneagram training uh, with our trainers. And then they took that back and did that with their coaches. That's one other thing, too, is whatever training we do with our regional coordinators, they always take back to their literacy coaches. Um, and so that Enneagram training, it kind of goes along with what you did with us a couple of weeks ago with the levels of willingness. You have to identify in who you're working with the character traits and the qualities that they have because we can't treat everybody exactly the same. None of our coaches, our coaches are all stellar, but none of them have the same coaching style. And Mm -hmm. that is one of the big pieces that we 
pour a lot into with our coaches and our regional coordinators is you are not going to be a cookie cutter coach or regional coordinator or leader. You've got to find your own style and you're going to find that through your experiences. You're going to pull from different experiences that you've had to mesh together to create your own style of coaching. Um, feedback's a big part of that. We are constantly providing feedback to um our regional coordinators, our literacy coaches, we provide feedback 360. They give us feedback That's all the time. Yes. Love it. <laughs> you know, we have, we laughed the last time we presented in front of our coaches, because we do a lot of presenting to our coaches. Um, one of our regional coordinators came up to us afterwards and she gave Jill a sticky note and she gave me a sticky note and it had our feedback <laughs> and we were like, we got it. <laughs> So. And we'll make the changes that they give us. And I think that they appreciate that. That's just the climate and culture that we have set up. Um, and I, I have to say, Kristen Wynn, our state literacy director, she has set that climate and culture up for us. She also receives feedback so well. Um, and she gives great feedback that uh, we all thrive on now because we all want to grow and be better. You know, we mentioned earlier that, we're so proud of Mississippi. We are so proud to be Mississippians, but we know that we have so much more work to do. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 No, this it's, um, it's clear there's a culture of feedback and growth and I want everyone to hear that. And there was a recent podcast episode I uh, published around growth mindset culture, and that's a huge one. And I talk a lot about that, like the, the, feedback going both ways. I'm going to give you feedback. I see that, you know, look, step one in any coaching culture is people need to be giving each other feedback. Absolutely. But often I don't see feedback going from like to leadership, right? People are scared. If you have a culture and I'm going to just challenge everyone listening. If you have a culture where you are scared to give your boss, your leader, or even your peer feedback, you do not have a culture of feedback. Just because you're telling your teachers to give it to your students, that doesn't mean you have a culture of feedback. It's compliance. Mm -hmm. right. That's right. So, something we've developed. It's not something that happened overnight either. I mean, we mm -hmm. have developed and we worked on this for years, and this is just mm -hmm. something that we're constantly and continuously working on ourse mm -hmm. ourselves as well as <laughs> our coaches. I mean, feedback can be tough sometimes, but yes. if you're not giving and taking tough feedback, change is not happening. I think we right. joke about how it's even spilled over into our personal lives. <laughs> like we've learned a lot about how this is not just a professional um, learning experience. It's also very personal in some ways. And right. so um, sometimes when we're doing feedback trainings, we hear, I'm going to use this with my significant other. And we all laugh. <laughs> <and thank you. laughs> yeah, I love that. Of our lives. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Often in, in my uh, in, in my trainings as well, people take pictures on my slides and be like, I just texted this to my wife. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you do the work first. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's you right. Don't tell, you don't get to tell your wife. <laughs> <laughs> so I would love like a contrast right now because I've experienced, and now we've shared with everyone, like what, what you're doing currently with, with coaches and coaching in the state, what did it look like before this law went into practice? Well, one of the big pieces is across our state, we didn't have a common language. 
Mm-hmm. Um, among our teachers, among our schools, and, and what effective literacy instruction looked like, what the research behind effective literacy instruction and how students learn looked like. And so I think one thing that has really shifted and is our statewide professional development on the science of reading. And so mm-hmm. now we have across our state, we put so many teachers, over 25,000 teachers through mm-hmm. science of reading training, and that's developed a common language across the state. And that's made big shifts um, in, in just effective instruction and attributes to student success, which attributes to growth of data. I'm going to try not to step on any toes when I say this, but, you know, when you work for a state agency, people see your name badge and they immediately feel like, well, and this is not in all instances, but they, they do feel like sometimes there's an auditing, if you will, process that's going to come along with the name badge. And I think that prior to the Literacy-Based Promotion Act being passed, that uh, I hope that I can say that we've changed the way people view seeing the MDE coming with our name badges, um, because we have changed the culture to support instead of just an evaluative piece. So at our state agency, there is that arm and there needs to be that arm. You have to have accountability. But there also needs to be the arm of support, because how can we expect results to continue to climb if we're not supporting? And so this coaching model that we are so passionate about, um, I think that we've changed the culture with building rapport and building relationships with not only teachers, but also principals and superintendents across the state. Um, So that's a key change that we've really worked on is the importance of do we have relationships with these people? Because that's the foundation of coaching. We have to have relationships before people even want to listen to us. Right. And let's be honest, Jill and I were in the classroom over 10, 12 years ago. Neither one of us had ever experienced a coach in our in our school buildings or in Mm -hmm. our classrooms, So we had Mm -hmm. never had that experience and it just wasn't as common in your school based or district based levels. And but now that we've had our literacy coaches in buildings, we are seeing more and more schools and districts hiring coaching positions because they're seeing the value in that position. So Mm -hmm. I think that's been a big shift too. there are now more school and district based coaches across the state. Mm-hmm. Um, than we've ever had before. And so the more support we can give to teachers, the better. I, we wish, we've said a million times, we wish we yeah, had somebody coach, yeah. who could have helped us. There's something I, w- I want to highlight that you said, and I used it continuously, but it's, it's I want to just say it as a, a standalone thing, which is you've really worked hard to equate coaching with support, not accountability. And accountability is important. And that's not what you're you're doing here. Is that accurate? Yes. And I guess that leads me to another thought that within the law, we did um, pass part of a portion of the law. Third graders have to pass an assessment to be promoted to the fourth grade. So that's the accountability piece. But the coaching model comes in to this. And these are key words of what we share with administrators across the state. We are not focused on retention, which is the accountability. We are focused on prevention and intervention. So that's where your support piece comes in. And that language is very important. We are not focused on retention. We are focused on prevention and intervention. And with that comes early coaching in early grades. And I don't even know if we mentioned that 
our Literacy-Based Promotion Act is for grades K through three with additional support in fourth grade. So that support that we've been talking about is the prevention and intervention piece, and that's for your earliest grades. Hmm. Um, yeah, and another piece of that too is when we come into a school, we clearly define the roles of those at the school, including mm -hmm. the coaching role, as well as the administrator's role. These are not our schools. Yeah. These schools are the are the administrators and the district schools. Local We're, control. Local control. We are here to support them. But one thing that we do make clear is we are the coach. We're going to be in the classroom. We're going to be coaching um, instructional practices. As the administrator, though, you are the one that has to hold the teachers accountable for mm -hmm. implementing strategies they are being coached in. Now, it's not a situation where a coach goes to a principal and says, hey, teacher A over here, they're not doing you know, <laughs> what we did in our PLC. They're not implementing it. Doesn't look like that. But we are we communicate often with administrators and debrief on here's what we're working on. Here's our coaching cycle. Or here's the content or the topic that we talked about in our PLC. Come join our PLC so that you mm -hmm. can see and hear what we're doing so that when you in turn go into classrooms, you can know what to look for for accountability purposes. And those two pieces have to work together. And we'll be really honest, the campuses where the roles are clearly defined and everyone adheres to those roles are the campuses where we have the most success. Kelly, you mentioned not using names. Even on our monthly reports, yes. they're anonymous by teacher, they're by grade. So even our monthly reports that coaches support building capacity mm -hmm. and have to submit to the building administrator and the dist district administrator, they don't have teachers' names on them. They have grade levels of how they're supporting. That's right. Mm, I love that. I love that. So we're seeing holistically, where do, where does this grade level, what, where do they need support? We're not pinpointing this miss, miss Smith. She keeps up, up, up. She's just waiting for retirement. We're, we're not, we're not doing the thing where we're, we're, we're blaming a uh -huh. teacher. We are framing it around where does this group of, of children and, and teachers need support. Right. And we tell, and our coaches tell our administrators and we tell people all the time, our coaches are trying to work themselves out of a job. Yes. Sustainability is what yes. we're working towards. But if there's yes. not accountability from the administrative side, mm -hmm. sustainability won't happen. There's so much clarity around who is, whose job is to support and whose job is to hold accountable. And it's, it's clear from the statewide level down role, clarity, role, clarity, role, clarity. And protect the roles. You yes. Can't slip in and out of your role. Protect yes. Role. Protect the roles. And there's a law. Right. That helps us. That's right. That helps you. Right. I just, I kind of can't get over that, that it's, it's not like someone's opinion. Right. <laughs> That's why when a lot of states ask us about our coaching model and, you know, trying to gain insight and wanting to implement something similar, all of the pieces are so important. The mm -hmm. law is so important because that's what protects our roles. You can't take one piece and try to implement without the other pieces. Um, mm -hmm. It's got to work across all elements in order to be successful. And it's it's something that's evolved over time for sure. And we need yeah. to make sure that 
there are other pieces. And I talked about that at the beginning of, of the podcast, but the assessment piece mm-hmm. is huge. The universal screeners, the beginning of the year, the middle of the year, the end of the year, that's a huge piece of this mm-hmm. law. Um, Kelly mentioned the statewide professional development. I mean, there's a certain percentage of the annually appropriated money that goes to our statewide professional development. So while we are super passionate about the coaching portion of the LBPA, there are other pieces that are just as significant pieces of the puzzle that other states, you know, really need to look at if they're looking at how the LBPA has helped move Mississippi in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And funding, right. of course, funding allocations, you know, yeah. allocations. There's there's a whole structure supporting this growth, right? It, it's systems and structure. They they play a really important role. Yeah. So um, I, I'd love to hear, um, and I know you're kind of doing your national tour of going to different states and sharing what you are doing. What is your advice to states that are looking to cause more growth in, in their state? I've said it a couple of times already, but I'm going to say it again. Protect the model and protect the role. Um, coaching only works when there's trust between the coach and who they're working with. And when the role is not protected, then they're jumping from coaching to administrative tasks or coaching to substitute teachers. It's breaking the coaching cycle, number one, because there's planning that goes in with that, right? But it's also going to break trust because as a teacher, if I see my coach, oh, well, this period they're over there performing administrative duties, but then they're going to come back to my room and tell me they're not evaluative. But I'm not so sure that that's true. It's very important to protect the role of your coach. I think my advice would be that instructional leaders need professional development on the common language as far as what your expectations are as a state as well. Um, Statewide professional development is crucial for teachers, but I think that if leaders are not receiving the same professional development, that you're going to really miss the boat for um, lack of better terms. I think that one thing that we are continuing to do is add layers of statewide professional development for our administrators. And that's a huge piece to this puzzle. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and I, I know you do that. I, I, I think about when um, I've seen this happen so many times, teachers get trained and they're so excited and they go back into their buildings and the, the culture doesn't support them sustaining that change and all that money, just thinking about logistically, right? All those thousands of dollars that it took to, to provide those teachers training goes out the window because they don't have a culture that supports it. And how do you create a culture that supports it? Train the leaders. That's right. That That's it, Becca. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. Instructional leaders. Principals yeah. are instructional leaders. And mm-hmm. so they have to know what they need to look for when they're in the classrooms, too. And they have to have the relationships with their staff so that they can have that trust of feedback to be able to provide um, the change that needs to be made in in buildings that need to be growing, which is all. Yeah. About yeah. I think about like planting a seed. It's like a teacher's like a nice little seed and you can plant them in like really nourishing soil and have them grow or, um, or plant them in like soil that doesn't have any nutrients. Right. And they're just not going to grow. And that's what we do. We're like planting a bunch of seeds in like non-true nutrient soil. And then it's like, well, why aren't you growing? Why isn't this happening? Why? Like the environment isn't supportive of that growth. And that's something that's evolved over the past 
10, 11 years that we've been mm-hmm. in this diversity based promotion act is us seeing our coaches coach teachers, right? That's their main focus. They go in and they coach teachers. But we've also along the way seen and developed the understanding of we are coaching teachers primarily, but we also have to build up our leaders and administrators. Mm -hmm. So our focus has become heavier and heavier in that area as well. Actually, one of our special projects is a literacy leadership network where we are. It's a very exclusive group and it started with only 15 or so members and we're increasing it every year. But we have um, some real innovative principals, as well as superintendents, as well as school-based coaches in this network that we have um, really started collaboration and cross-site visits with. So that's another special project that one of our regional coordinators heads up. Mm -hmm. I love that. So, you know, we were talking about how your regional coordinators are very growth-minded. And one of the things that really struck me when I was leading their professional development was during our breaks, they continued talking about the content they were learning during the sessions. And often I I don't find that it's like a break is a time to like talk about personal stuff or check my phone messages. Right. And it's, it's a very like off and do your own thing. And their breaks were like, really grappling with what they learned. And and then when it was a two day uh, experience. And so after the first day, they're still talking about it and we come in and I was thinking last night. Right. So, so they're so gross minded. They real, they just, they not only soaked it up during our time together, but when we weren't together, they were still processing and, and grappling, right? They valued that. And so I'm curious since, I mean, it's only been a couple weeks, but I'm curious, what, what have you seen um, a shift in uh, from they got from the professional development? We talked uh, about it yesterday. We did. Go ahead, Kelly. <laughs> so yesterday was our first regional coordinator meeting. We have a monthly since your visit. And mm-hmm. so on their agenda that they create themselves each month because they all get together and determine what do we need to talk about? What do we need to um, provide for, together for ourselves, for our own growth and specific needs? One of their agenda items was how are we going to take back to our coaches all of the learning that we got from Becca a couple of weeks ago. Um, And so one of the two of the big pieces that they took that they took away from is they're going to go back and they're going to really go through the levels of willingness and they're going to identify with among each other, their levels of willingness (laughs) as their teachers on each campus. And that's going to help them in building rapport and making sure that the coaching that they're providing to each individual teacher um, is most effective. And then also that true reflective listening that we all struggled with so much <laughs> when you were with us. Um, if y'all don't, if y'all don't know, Becca will stop you in the middle and say, "Wait a minute, <laughs> are you being a mirror? <laughs> right? Are you being a mirror?" So, but that stuck with us, and that's something that everybody I think is trying to transfer into their own practice, but as well as going to take back and build their coaches up with. So, mm-hmm. we're excited about it. They're really excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 um, I, I, I loved your, because of your culture and because uh, folks stay around, like you actually have really high retention too, with your leaders. Uh, and so they know each other really well. And so, um, but one, <laughs> one of the, um, uh, one, one of the, the things that I, I noticed because they knew each other really well, one of the barriers to listening. And I, I, I want, I want to share this and, 
Um, I'll keep it broad, um, but one of the barriers to reflective listening, which is basically when someone says something to you, you reflect back what you heard. What I heard you say was ba ba ba, right? Not what your thoughts and opinions about. And so one of the barriers to reflective listening was reality agreement. So people would say, yeah, I agree. <laughs> they thought they were reflectively listening. What I heard you say was, he is terrible. And uh, <laughs> I agree because, right? And it was there was so much of this agreement. It, I think one of the things that we talked about was when someone comes to us with a complaint or a frustration, when we agree with them, the, if the only thing we do is agree, it doesn't empower them. Right. And and so when we're able to actually help them process through their complaint and frustration to reflectively listen, what I heard you say was, you know, it sounds like you're committed to it can really help someone start to see other possibilities, other solutions to their problem. And that's really the goal at the end of the day. Right. Not to like stew and sit in our frustration. Right. Right. Uh, we do. We naturally jump to automatic problem solving. Well, yes. let me give you some suggestions. Let me give you some ideas because mm-hmm. we're wanting to help so much. But you did. You helped us step back and realize, wait a minute, let's make sure that we are helping them grow in their own right instead mm-hmm. of just giving them their solutions from the get-go. So yeah. and you're 11, we're still learning coaching strategies and how to curb, you know, and make sure that we're as effective as we can be. And we 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 do still agree with each other a bit more than we probably <laughs> yeah. should and spur each other on a bit more than we probably should. But we're growing in that area. <laughs> I will never forget the moment someone shared something about someone and someone across the room that said, I was listening to their complaint. I think I was publicly coaching them. They were saying, yeah, and he da da da, and then he did this and this. And someone from across the room yelled, Pam, it's true. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. And we do know each other well enough to agree in some situations. That was personal, though, not as professional. I think it comes to everybody on our team. We have each other's backs. Yeah. yeah. Supporting each other. Now, we're going to give each other some real feedback and and Mm -hmm. sidebar conversations. But we have each other's backs. And we're going to support our people to the hill. Mm -hmm. And if they're wrong, we'll tell them. But we're still going to support them and build them up. Yeah, I I just I love it makes me so happy to hear that the the professional development I gave the, the top leaders across Mississippi <laughs> that it's filtering down that there's a real you have a real commitment to having the professional development you bring in really impact things. It's not something that's passing or temporary or like what a good idea or I felt good. Right. Like we're putting this in action. We're sharing it with other people. We are not going to invest in something that we will put back on a shelf. We refuse to do that. And so with the intentionality that we've learned, we have handpicked very carefully you as one of few um, things that we want our regional coordinators to grow from and to share with other people. So there is no go to the training and put the binder back on the shelf for us. We are going to implement what we learn. We can assure you of that. (laughs) I love that. And I get to work with them again and the coaches in December on Crucial Conversations, which is like such an amazing tool. I'm looking forward to that. Communication is, you know, one of the the linchpins of effectiveness of coaches, right? If we're poor communicators, what what are we doing? Absolutely. 
uh, Jill coined a term that we use all the time now, clear is kind. Yeah. And when we have a lot of high stakes conversations, we do, we do have to be very clear. Yes. Yes. But and you can be the, compassionate and clear. Exactly. You can, you can. And I, I find it because I grew up in, in Miami and went to college in Connecticut. And my first experience in the South was in Atlanta. And I was like, whoa, there's this nice thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. But what is mm-hmm. happening here? Because <laughs> people in the Northeast are just going to like, they'll tell you. Yeah. And so I think, especially in the culture of the South, where we're like very nice to each other, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, remembering that, 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 um, oh gosh, I was reading something recently, a coach was giving another coach advice. And she was like, my strategy is I just, just talking about dealing with resistance. And she said, my strategy is I just kill them with kindness. <laughs> like uh, that's, a ter- that's a terrible that's strategy. strategy. <laughs> 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 Don't do that. that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Kill them with kindness. No, no. Learn actual skills to communicate with someone so you can empower them. Don't kill anyone with kindness. <laughs> that's right. We are known for our hospitality, though, Becca. We are the hospitality yes. state. <laughs> yes, and you are hospitable. I can vouch. I can vouch. <laughs> We're also outside. very clear and direct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, you guys have developed such a special group of leaders across the state, and you, you both are just so growth-minded and committed to continuing. Like it's just, I, I'm. I feel honored to be able to work with you and the growth that you've made and continue to make. So thank you so much for sharing with everyone listening, all the amazing things you're doing in your state. Um, And I would love everyone to hear where can they find more about what you're doing? So our literacy webpage is www.mdek12.org backslash literacy. Perfect. So I will, um, I will put that link in the show notes. So everyone can just click on the show notes. And, uh, and and I'm I'm laughing because I think Joe, were you like typing that in? I was. And let me just say a disclaimer right here. And this may or may not be edited just for fun. Kelly and I sometimes share a brain. And so when we're on a good day, you might get 150%, but others day you might get a hundred percent between the two of us. And we've worked together that we, we can do that. So she finishes my sentences and I finish hers quite often. We thrive. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes. I will put that link in the show notes. So everyone can just click on it and, and find all the resources you made available for folks. Um, this real, you really are doing, um, incredible work. I brag to the people in my community as well, um, about you. So thank you so much for taking the time to share with us. Thank you. you. As it was mentioned in the episode, I was able to work with the regional coordinators of the Mississippi department of education, and they were extraordinary. They were able to do pieces of the whole educator curriculum, which are extremely transformative. If you're interested in learning more about the whole educator curriculum, feel free to contact us. We will have the link in the show notes. And as always, just remember, don't treat people the way you want to be treated. Treat them how they want to be treated. Take care.